Welcome to the Melton Forge Works podcast. I'm going to take you along on my day-to-day adventures in bladesmithing and blacksmithing. I'll be talking about the people involved in the craft and the tools and the methods that go along with it. So thanks for listening. Hey there, it's going to be episode 31 and I'm still talking about induction forging. So um let's see today is sunday the 9th of august oh it's hot today in mississippi man it's hot uh i've been out in the shop some today working on uh building a new steel table and uh i thought i was going to have enough angle iron in the shop to put together a cart for the induction forge so that I could have uh, the induction forge on the top and uh, a place for the TIG cooler on the bottom, but I didn't have enough angle iron. And so I started looking around and it was just cheaper to run over to Northern Tool and buy a tool cart from them. So I think it was 45 bucks. I just picked it up and um, it's a 16 by 30 metal tool cart and the um like i said the induction heater will sit on the top and the tig cooler will sit below it on the bottom shelf and it's got wheels so i'll be able to roll it around the shop um, within reach of the power cable obviously but because it's metal i'm going to be able to stack some fire bricks on the front uh, near the coil so that i can prop material uh, and have it placed between the coils um, properly so I'm on the way home now with that, and uh, it's one of those DIY kits where you got to put it together. It's probably got a bajillion screws and nuts and bolts to put together a very simple cart. But uh, that's why it's cheap, I suppose. Um, So yeah, I'm going to get that cart put together. And tomorrow, according to UPS, the TIG cooler arrives tomorrow. So uh, maybe... It's about five o'clock in the afternoon right now. So maybe this time tomorrow, I'll have a good idea of whether or not that TIG cooler is going to have the capacity and the uh, power to uh, cool that induction heater the way I think it will. I really think it's going to um, because I know some other people that are running very similar setups. But I'm anxious to find out. So... um, I will come back tomorrow with another segment and we'll talk about the TIG cooler. See you then. Bye. Well, it's Tuesday, August the 11th. It's about eight o'clock in the morning and uh, I'm on the way into town to get a haircut. I've only had two haircuts during the entire coronavirus pandemic because the local barbershop I go to, uh, there's a line all the time now. And, um, so anyway, I'm on the way to get a haircut. I'm in the vehicle. thought I would take a second to catch up on, uh, where I am with the induction forging, um, experience right now. So yesterday the TIG cooler came in and, uh, if you're following me on Instagram, then you already know this, but it's working really, really well. So, um, I unboxed the TIG cooler 
it's kind of a no-name product. There's not a brand name on it or anything like that, but it's the same color blue as the induction forge, which is kind of cool. It looks nice, you know. And uh, so I bought a metal cart, obviously, and put that all together for it. And uh, I put the TIG cooler underneath the induction forge, and I ran all the tubes and whatnot from the back of the induction forge into the TIG cooler and filled the TIG cooler up with six gallons of distilled water and uh, gave it a first try yesterday and it supplies sufficient pressure, which was my first concern, was, was the pump going to push enough pressure for the induction forge to, to not, you know, um, throw an alarm about it and was it going to be able to cool it down enough uh, well the pressure question is 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 obviously answered um, it turns on and uh, supplies enough pressure so that when I turn on the induction forge I do not get the water fail alert which is what you'll get if you connect water to your induction forge but it's not pushing enough pressure there's a there's a light on the front and kind of a buzzer that goes off or a beeper and it basically beeps at you with a big light that says water fail. So um, I'm glad to see that it's working in that regard. I think the jury is still out um, and time will tell as far as whether or not six gallons and the cooling capacity is enough to keep up for like a heavy forging session. So. I just used it a few times yesterday. Uh, I, uh, I heated up some half-inch square bar to welding heat. I think it. I think I did it like three times yesterday, just testing to see what was happening with the water system. And uh, so I kept the top off of the TIG cooler, where I can see down into the water reservoir, and you can see the water pouring in it's like a water pump shooting water back into the reservoir and I could see that stream of water and uh, while I was holding my foot on the pedal on the induction forge causing you know current to flow through the system the water that was flowing into the in, into the TIG cooler was was hot I mean it was warm to the touch you know it was like I mean it was like a good bath water or shower water it was pretty hot and um, but as soon as I lay, let off the pedal, within about three to five seconds, the water temperature coming from the induction machine changes back to cool water, which which tells me that it's pumping cool water all the way through the system and back around so that I can feel it, you know, on my finger. So my big question is how long of a forging session will it take for that entire six gallons to get to a temperature that is uh, not sufficient to cool the machine and um, right now I don't know so I'll have to I'll have to just try it out um, also I got some messages uh, from Javos Ironworks on Instagram super helpful guy a great great blacksmith does all kinds of cool work and he uses an induction forge as well. And um, he was asking me about the TIG cooler and suggested uh, or asked if the TIG cooler had a water temperature gauge on it. And it does not, but that is definitely something that I wanna add. So I think what I'm gonna do is drill a hole uh, in the top of the 
uh, cap that goes on the TIG cooler, the cap that covers the water tank. I'm going to drill a hole and put a tube or um, a temperature sensor down into the water and try to run, uh, try to set a temperature like a remote LCD temperature readout uh, up near the front of the forge where I can see what my water temperature is. Um, because he said that when his water temperature in his system reaches around 100 degrees, um, he stops and lets his system cool down a little bit. So um, it would be really nice to put a digital readout uh, with water temperature, you know, somewhere where I can see it while I'm working. Uh, that, you know, it would let me kind of plan out my heats to know when I need to kind of take a break or do something else. Um, one other thing that I think I'm going to add to the system, speaking of digital readouts, is um, a digital readout for basically the energy consumption that's happening. There, uh, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, but there's a guy named David Roberts who has a really good write-up on his induction forge build, and uh, he has a digital readout uh, connected to his electrical lines, and it shows him exactly uh, what power he's consuming. You know, it shows volts, current, uh, it shows kilowatt hours, so he can take that kilowatt hour readout and then basically look at his uh, energy bill and he can see exactly how much it's costing you know to run the induction forge and in his initial assessment it was not very much it was like nine cents a minute or something like that you know just it wasn't that much so um that's where I'm at with the induction forge it's all working really well I got everything tied up on the cart I got all my hoses uh, zip tied and uh, tidied up it looks really nice and the 20 feet of electrical cable that I purchased um, gives me enough room to pull the forge uh, all the way over right next to the power hammer and the anvil and all that and um, and so I think it's gonna be uh, I'm gonna be able to place it efficiently um, so that I can use it and not have to walk too far you know to forge uh, the material that I'm heating with the induction forge so anyway that's my update for the uh, on the induction forge um, I'll see you in the next segment bye okay so I wanted to make an addendum to that last segment where I was discussing the cost of running the induction forge I think I said something like nine cents a minute it's 0 0.9 cents per minute for a total of like 59 cents per kilowatt hour or something anyway um it's extremely cheap it's very very cheap it's not nine cents a minute it's 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 almost one cent a minute you know so anyway to make a long story short it's pretty cheap depending on what your kilowatt hour uh, power rating is in your area uh, but for most i think it would still wind up being a lot cheaper than propane uh, in any case, if you go to my website, DerekMelton.com, there's a link uh, on my website uh, for my induction forge setup. And at the bottom of that page, there's a link to a YouTube video where David Roberts shows uh, how he has his forge hooked up. And uh, it shows how he's uh, measuring his electrical consumption. So anyway, go check that out. I was wrong. Not nonsense. Point nonsense. See ya. All right, well, today is Friday the 14th, 
So let me catch you up on the um, on the induction forge. Uh, so I've gotten it all set up and I've been able to use it a good bit. Uh, well, at least a few times. And so um, I used it yesterday and today to forge out a couple of uh, the split crosses that I sell on my website. And um, so this is what I was hoping is that I'd be able to use it for, you know, these one-off forgings that I have where somebody orders one item, you know, from the web website, I can go out there real quickly and, and make that item pretty quick. And, uh, and that's exactly what I've been able to do with the induction forge. So I drag it over near the anvil and the forging area and uh, turn it on and grab some bar stock that's already been cut and uh, hit the pedal, stick it in and it gets hot and I'm able to open the, the cross up in one heat. And, uh, and then it's just a matter of sticking the, you know, the, <clears throat> the arms of the cross. So if you think, if you think of like a crucifix, you know, as I, as I need to texture out and straighten each side of the cross, I just stick that side into the, uh, into the coil and hit the pedal and get it hot. And, um, so anyway, I, I've made two of them now with the induction forge and, I was faster the second time than I was the first. And man, it was just so quick and really nice not to heat up the shop. So I was able to go out uh, like at 4.30 p.m. I went out to the shop, still really hot outside, forged out that cross completely start to finish and never broke a sweat, which was really, really cool. Uh, one thing that did become pretty clear is that if if I'm going to work on a batch of items or a batch of crosses, for example, um, the induction forge is probably not the way to go. You know, um, for batch forging, you know, you just can't beat a propane forge that you can just stack full of metal and uh, pull a piece out at a time, work it, and um, you know, kind of work on your batch. Uh, process, so to speak, um, it's it's a little harder to do that with the induction forge because the heat is so localized and um, and the area that you can heat is fairly small, you know. So anyway, I'm pretty impressed. I've I've really really been happy with it so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the TIG cooler does in the long run right now. Uh, after using the TIG cooler and the induction forge for a couple of forging sessions, I, uh, I popped the top on the TIG cooler and stuck my hand down in the water. And it was kind of, I mean, it was warm. You know, it wasn't hot by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't cold either. Um, and so I was kind of wondering you know, how well it was going to cool, but then it hit me, you know, it's 95 degrees outside. Of course, the water is going to be warm. It, you know, the shop stays fairly warm during the day, uh, this time of year. So, um, anyway, time will tell if I set up the induction forge for like an extended forge session. Um, I'm really kind of wondering what it's going to take to get that water so hot that the induction forge alarms about it. Uh, but anyway, I, ha I haven't reached that point yet. Um, but if I do, I'll, uh, I'll update you and let you know. 
Uh, for now, I'm going to probably stop talking about induction forges for a little bit. Uh, now that I've got this one all set up. I did uh, finish the um, portion of my website dedicated to the induction forge. If you go to, Del you go to DerekMelton.com, there's an induction forge section uh, with all of the info that I've put together for uh, buying the parts and pieces and how I put them together and any modifications that I've done. All that info is on my website. So if you want to if you want to duplicate my setup, all the all the info to do that is on my website. Um, and uh, I've put out two uh, YouTube videos now with me using the induction forge uh, so you can kind of see how it works. So anyway, I hope that info is helpful to somebody and um, thanks for following along. I'll see you next time. Bye. Well, that wraps up episode 31 of the Melton Forgeworks podcast. Thanks so much for following along. Again, a big shout out. Thank you to Java Signworks for the help with the induction forge. And I'll see you next time. Bye.